to the Money Mentors Podcast. Here with your Money Mentors, Gary Matson and Laurel Stewart this week. I'm Jennifer Perry, and we love to get to know our listeners too. So if you ever have a question for your Money Mentors, or if you want to find out more about the team and maybe our next events too, you can subscribe to our newsletter. You can check out the calendar right there online, matsonfinancial.com to get updates from the team throughout the week. And of course, you can always drop us an email with your questions too at matsonfinancial.com. And we love getting those questions here from our listeners on Money Mentors. This one came in via voicemail this week from a listener named Kevin. Listen to this. I'm considering a Roth conversion, but is there an income level that is too high for a Roth conversion to make sense? What's the answer on this one, Gary and Laurel? Well, the fact is that anybody of any age can take money out of the IRA, pay the taxes on it, and convert it to a Roth IRA. Okay. Now, the only exception to that is you can't take required minimum distributions money and put into a Roth. So that's the only exception. Now, if you're out there and say, well, I want to do 100% of my money. Why don't I take all my money out of my IRA, pay the taxes on it, and put it into the Roth? Well, we have an increasing tax system. That means that the more money you make, the more they're going to charge you. So if we have taken money out right now and we're at the 12% or less rate, we kind of like that. That's probably a sweet number for most people. Mm -hmm. The next rate up from 12% is 22% in our current tax rate. That's an extra 10% to take money out of your portfolio. So that's a big jump. And most of the time, not always, but most of the time, that's a number that we kind of stay away from. Subject to, we have had clients actually take in the higher tax brackets, 27, almost 28%, and convert because they're getting inheritance. The requirement distributions have to come up, and they have to take money out of these beneficiary IRAs. We looked at it, did the future numbers that says, you know what, it's better to pay that 27% tax now than the future, what you're going to see for the next five to 10 years because of the benefits of family members giving you assets. And to look at it, Dad, you're talking about conversions here, and Kevin's question had asked about that when it comes to income limits. But I think also an important thing to to note here for our listeners is there are actually income limits when it comes to Roth IRA contributions, right? Ah, So if you want to contribute to a Roth IRA, it's just good to know that there are these income limits if you're contributing. But like dad had mentioned there, if you're looking to have a Roth IRA and it makes sense for you, you can actually convert. You don't have to have earned income for that. Now, if you're one of those individuals out there that says, no, 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 I make more than that. I put money into a Roth IRA. Well, yes, there is a program. One caveat, we'll say that. We'll just not go into the weeds, right? There is a way that you can do that. And so, again, if you're over those levels and you want to see if you can still have a Roth IRA, call us and we'll talk about that because there is a caveat there, but most people can't use it. All right. Good to know. But uh, Laurel, there is some math involved, clearly, Oh yeah. <laughs> when it comes to Roth conversions. Also figuring out, you know, even if you have a Roth 401k, how much should I be contributing there versus the traditional accounts? So many questions on this issue right now. Uh, but we try to make that easy for our listeners to get some answers about where they stand and maybe finding that balance with their retirement accounts. Most definitely. I think the important part comes there is that to know it's all individualized. Mm So saying today, hey, everybody go get a Roth IRA, that's not a good recommendation. You know, we don't think to follow that because it's so individualized to know, hey, should you contribute to a Roth 401k or the traditional 401k side or what's offered in your TSP and all these different things. So the key is to get some assistance, have a plan in place to ask those questions, have a trusted fiduciary advisor that you can work with through the long-term plan of your retirement. 
life lessons about your retirement. You're listening to the Money Mentors Podcast. Well, I was with some friends the other night, and uh, one of the dinner table topics that came up made me Ooh. think of you. Uh, it's interesting how retirement just works itself into almost every conversation <laughs> oh, yeah. I have lately. But one of the couples, you know, started working with a new advisor a few months ago. She's in her late 50s. He's in his early 60s. And unfortunately, you know, this is the first time they sat down with an advisor, but they're now saying they're not getting the communication they expected. They're a little confused, too, about some of the things that were recommended. I'm wondering, what is the appropriate expectation that we should have, especially when we're first getting started, about that level of communication with an advisor? And and maybe what are some of those red flags to watch out for, too, in that relationship? Well, let's face it. If you're in your 50s to early 60s, your kids are through college, mm-hmm. and they're most likely out of the house. So what you really want to do is dedicate one bedroom for your financial advisor to move in with you, <laughs> sit yeah. at the table, you can ask him all the time, and then you're all set. Right. You would do that, Gary? Really? Really? No. No, thank you. <laughs> but when it comes to your plan and all this communication, the key thing is to make sure that when you're in need or you have a decision to make and you want to know how it's going to impact your plan, that your advisor and a team right, are there to help you. And so we've set up our firm just that way. We have four advisors here. We're all fiduciary advisors, have all the licensing. And we have a team of eight other individuals to help that communication. And so I think it's important to understand, you know, during that first, you know, start of what we call dating, you know, that Mm -hmm. first meeting and second meeting is what is the communication? We talk about uh, making sure we respond to your phone calls or your emails and things like that within 24 business hours. And also, what's the expectation for reviews? Minimum, we want to meet annually. I will say our clients like to, especially in the beginning when they're learning about our process, it's usually every quarter to six months. But this is very client-driven because some people are like, you know, I just became a client and I'm leaving for Florida in January, so please don't talk to me until I get back in May. (laughs) Like, okay, you know, we'll respect your time. Mm -hmm. But that's just what it is, is for us, we wanna make sure those lines of communication remain open and we can adjust that plan accordingly. And I think the next part of that is is talk about how the advisor likes to be contacted. In our world is that on our website, we have our calendar there, and, and our clients can log in there and set an appointment, and it can be phone, it can be email, it can be Zoom, it can be an office. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to establish that link of what you expect your advisor to do. Don't be afraid to talk to them about it. Say, this is what I want. This is what I expect. And I'll be willing to change that. And I'll let you know when I'm willing to change that. But if you're feeling any type of guesstimates going on, you know, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Talk to your advisor, number one. But number two is your advisor should be talking to you. This is what we call the three pieces of the dating puzzle. Trust, performance, and then service. And we talk about those right up front. And again, those are the pieces that we want you to know about and know that we're looking at it from your benefit. We just recently had a client that it took all four of us advisors together to actually work through what this client needed. And it was not something that I just said, okay, I can do this on my own. We actually came together as a team. Laurel was there, Gerald and Taylor came up with some suggestions. Gerald had a couple other comments on it, Laurel and I, and we got this client where they needed to be because all four of us saw something just a little bit unique and that made this client's plan work. Weekly lessons from your money mentors? Yes. Hit the subscribe button now and listen every weekend on Wood Radio. 
The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Fee-based financial planning and investment services are offered by Matson Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products and services offered through Lakeview Financial Group, LLC, Matson Financial Services, LLC, and Lakeview Financial Group are affiliated. To find out if Matson Financial Services is licensed in your state, please call 800-536-8907.